and this and this and this and this is Tofen Beam for the TB test. Test, 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 test. What's good, son? What's Gucci Mane? It's your boy Beam back with episode 30 of the TB test. We made it. We're on to the new year. And I'm here with my boy Tof. What's Gucci Mane? What's Gucci Mane? We wetter than episode 30. Chef Curry with the shot, boy. Uh, how was the holiday season for you, bro? Good to be back on the ones and twos with the homie. Yeah, holiday season was chill. Also, a Austin Eckler episode, maybe. <laughs> I don't know many thirty number thirty players, but uh, holidays were we'll, good. We'll stick with Steph. Chef, Chef just dropped fucking sixty two the other night, so yeah. I think we gotta roll with him. But uh, the regular yeah, holidays season of the, were chill, and the regular season of the NFL has wrapped up, and uh, we just gotta hop in right off the top. We got a special guest. He's a recurring guest, our first ever returning guest on the podcast. He, He's gonna join us. For the NFL Super Wild Card Weekend Breakdown, we are a three-man booth like ESPN's Monday Night Football Squad. We got the return of Zach Kyle. What's good, son? What's good, boys? How we doing? I'm going to throw it with a, a little Terrell Davis. Kick it old school for the number 30s out Ooh, there. There you go. Like episode. That. How we doing, boys? Glad jacket. to be back on here. Doing well, Yeah, man. Last time we had you, it was just, you know, flying as a co-host. Now we got the tripod. Yeah, I love Hell it. yeah, three I, uh, for the TZB test. TZB? I caught that in college, dude. That was it. That was a rough time. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, glad to be back. I uh, wanted to say, you know, I find it a little ironic that Toph invites me back, you know, directly following after the Browns beat the Steelers. So uh, just just so happened to happen dun, dun, that dun. way. But, uh We'll see if I get a, a little sneak clip here coming next week because I, I think things might be different here coming up. But we'll, we'll save that. I know uh, I know that's why I'm here to talk some football. So I'll, I'll wait my turn. I'll be patient. Yeah, man. Uh, fucking shit. Just off the top. Cleveland Browns. First time in the playoffs since 2002. They almost completely Cleveland browned it with a uh, muffed onside kick there at the end. But uh, held on for dear life. You knew it wasn't going to be easy. And it sure as fuck ain't going to be easy while they're getting cheesy in Pittsburgh this weekend at the big catch-up bottle. But as that is the last game of the weekend, we got to roll out. And we got six games this weekend. And first off, got to say, how sick is it to add the seventh team in, the, in, in each conference this year? We get two extra football games on Wild Card Weekend. Uh, how many change of panties you guys bring into the the party this weekend? <laughs> well, I'll have a few pairs. You know, I might I might you know spoil one of them in in uh, anticipation of the Steelers game. But yeah, man, I'll I'll be soaking wet, sopping. I'll have just one pair because <laughs> I don't have a team in it like both of you. So that's probably should be enough panties. You always gotta have well, one pair. Th- yeah, but we uh, got three games coming in this weekend on Saturday, and uh, Beam, should we get it kicked off? Yeah, let's run through them. I know 
we have three on Saturday, three on Sunday, so six games, which is dope. Um, yeah, let's let's start it off. What's the first game of the of the weekend, Tim? First game of the weekend, uh, we had the Indianapolis Colts getting you know helped out by the team that they will be playing. They needed the Dolphins to lose in order to make the playoffs, and they absolutely got little Debbie cream pie by the Buffalo Bills this past Sunday. And uh, this weekend. The Colts and Phillip Rivers and the boys are going to be traveling to Western New York where the wagons have been circling and the Buffalo Bills been shitting on teams the latter half of the year. We got the Colts and the Bills rolling down. Uh, first game to get us kicked off, you know, typically usually the worst game, I think, uh, Wild Card Weekend, but I, I have no complaints about this game. kind of wanted to get your guys' opinion. I think common sense says that the Bills should demolish the Colts. They've just been looking so good. This season, I mean, without the Hale Murray, they would be on some kind of 10-game-plus win streak. But uh, kick it over to Zach. What's your thoughts on this game? I know before we had you on, you said, I got takes. I got takes, baby. So uh, what's your take for this game? I got takes. This is a, this is an obvious one. Like you said, the, the Bills, the way they're playing right now, nobody's stopping them. It's just not going to happen. Little sound audio there. That wasn't me. I'm just throwing that out there. That was uh, one of the longtime pros over here. But... Uh, the Buffalo Bills are taking this one, and uh, not only are they going to take it, they're going to send Phillip Rivers home forever. I think he's going to retire after this game. Um, it's just he's going to go out in a good way. I mean, he's had a hell of a year, but I just don't see anybody beating the Bills right now, and especially not Indianapolis. They've lost some games recently, and no one's stopping the Bills. They're putting up 40, 50 points a game right now. Josh Allen's an animal. Stephon Diggs is incredible. They're winning the game. That's, a, that's an easy one. I'd have to agree. Concur. I concur. You could say, uh, yeah, they hung 56 on Miami last weekend when they were fighting for their playoff lives. Uh, yeah, they've, they're looking pretty good. Like you said, nine out of the last ten games they've won, only lost being to the Hail Murray. So they're just – they look like an all-around good team. Josh Allen's killing it. He could do it all. Defense does enough to get it done. Defense is setting out. Um, so – I've seen him going pretty far. And I'll round out the trio here and play a little devil's advocate. Um, I do absolutely believe that the Bills are going to win this game. I think, you know, common sense says that they should, you know, control things. But my me being devil's advocate, I got to look at the Indianapolis run game. And in the second half of the season, Jonathan Taylor has absolutely been a beast uh, this past weekend in order to secure that playoff berth. Man had 30 carries for 253. On the ground, had the big 58-yard run to pretty much seal the Colts making the playoffs. And I will also throw out that their defense has been as healthy as it's been all year. They do have a good defense, which is kind of crazy to think with the Colts, all the Peyton Manning days, you know. They always had shit defenses besides Bob Sanders out in the back. But you got Darius Leonard flying around making plays, Kenny Moore, TJ Carey on the back end. I do think that the Bills are just at a – their offense is so high-octane. Now, a big piece for them this week is if Cole Beasley isn't going to be healthy enough. They just got John Brown this this last weekend healthy and back. Dude's a speedster. I mean, he's got the nickname fucking Smoke Brown. Guy flies by. And, Zach, you mentioned off the top Stephon Diggs. I said a couple weeks ago um, Stephon Diggs was no doubt, in my opinion, the best offseason acquisition by not just the Bills but any team in the NFL. Dude ended up being the league's uh, receiving leader. I think the Bills do get it done. But as uh, the boy Lee Corso would say on college game day Saturdays, I think it's going to be closer than the experts think. 
I, I agree with that. I think it is going to be a close one. I think it's going to be closer than people think. I still see the Bills winning by, I'd say, at least 10 points. I think it's going to stay yeah, close possibly in the beginning, and then I think the Bills are just going to take it away. Um, you know, one thing I do want to highlight, though, is the Bills are representing the AFC East, not the uh, New England Patriots. The New England Patriots didn't even come in second place if you look at the rankings. So just wanted to throw that out there. You know, longtime Patriots hater. Um, thought, I, thought I'd add fall that Fall from in. grace. The <laughs> fall from Brady. Yeah, no, definitely good call on that. I mean, I think it was the first time in 12 years they had to make the playoffs. And actually, week 16, Buffalo Monday Night Football absolutely beat the dog shit out of the Patriots. Josh Allen didn't even play in the fourth quarter. And this, I think my last uh, thing to wrap up a bow I, on this game, I know we just ended the holiday season with all our bows on our presents and whatnot, but Josh Allen, man, when you watch the Buffalo Bills play, the guy is just like anti-throwing the ball away. He's always keeping his eyes downfield, looking to make a play. Uh, sometimes that could be to his demise, turning it over, throwing some crazy shit up, but dude's one of the most exciting players going in the NFL. Uh, that's all I got on this game. Anything that you guys would like to add, or should we keep it rolling to the next one, Beam? Let's keep it rolling, 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 rolling. What? Okay. Uh, next, the second game on Saturday, NFC West showdown when the uh, Los Angeles Rams, probably without Jared Goff, I think that's, I'm not sure if that's confirmed yet, go to Seattle to face Mr. Unlimited. Unlimited. And the Seattle Seahawks, um, their third matchup. You know, like we said, it's a divisional rematch here. So uh, should be a good one up in Seattle. What do you think, Zach? Yeah, I think this is going to be probably one of the closest games uh, out of all the playoff matchups here in this wild card week. It's a division game. So, I mean, right away you got the rivalry kind of going into it. That's huge. Um, Goff, I'm not too sure on if he's playing or not. I, I don't know. Toph, maybe you you know on that, or is it still unconfirmed? Still questionable. Still questionable. Yeah, still questionable. I know he's got the surgery on his thumb, right? So it's it's if he does play, you know, is that going to be a factor as well? That could come into the mix. I do see Seattle taking it away. Um, I think Aaron Donald is going to give Russell Wilson a hell of a time. I think he's really going to make them struggle, and I think it's going to be a close, low-scoring game. Uh, I don't think there's going to be too much huge offense in this game, especially not coming from the Rams' side. Their offense, I would say, is pretty poor anyway. Um, they have the good receivers, but with Goff maybe in, maybe not, and not at 100%, I think that's going to be a huge factor. And I think Seattle's just the better team. They're the more experienced team. They know how to get it done in the playoffs, and... <laughs> Mr. Unlimited just knows how to do the job. So I think that's uh, that's that's my take on that one. I'm, I'm going Seattle there. Yeah, uh, this is this is tough. We just saw this game week 16 a couple weeks ago in Seattle. So it's really just legit running it back. We will touch on another game that's very similar to that. But Seahawks took them. You know, it was very much so a defensive struggle late into the fourth quarter. Seattle got a late touchdown. On one of those, you know, Russell Wilson just touched balls over the top to Jacob Hollister, put them on top. 20-9 to nine was the final in that game. That's the game that Goff broke his thumb. Uh, kind of when Beam and myself, our last episode, we talked about this game a little bit, and I, I think the Rams match up very well with Seattle, and Jared Goff doesn't really make or break it for me. The defense for the Rams is, is just – out of this world. I think it's the best in the league, and that's not really going on a limb, but they got Jalen Ramsey in the back end, 
Aaron Donald, I've said it before, I think he's the best player in the National Football League, period, no matter what position. But they got this guy, Troy Hill, uh, right before the half this last weekend to basically a, a winner-go-home game against the Cardinals. Troy Hill had a, a pick six right before the half. This guy is somebody that most people probably don't recognize on the field most Sundays, but he's had three defensive touchdowns in the Rams' last five games. He's out there making plays. He's on the opposite side of Jalen Ramsey. So, you know, people don't like to target Ramsey. You got this guy on the other side making plays. I think it comes down to, I know it's kind of cliche, but the turnover battle in this game is going to be huge. Because if the Rams are having to drive the field full length, I think they're going to struggle. Again, you touched their their offense has been really anemic the last half of the season. Uh, they're going to have to control the clock a little bit, keep the ball out of Wilson's hands. The Seahawks offense hasn't been that great as well. I agree with you 100%. I hate agreeing with you, Zach. You know that. But I think it's going to be a low-scoring <laughs> game. I'm actually going to go with the Rams to go on the road and beat the Seahawks, even though the Seahawks were my preseason Super Bowl pick. I, I got to stick with my guns. I think they match up well with them. A couple weeks ago, you know, being a kind of outlier. So, Beamer, wrap it up for us. Yeah. Good, well put, both of you fellers there, and it's funny to see you agree from an outsider's perspective. But uh, like you said, third matchup, the home team has won every game, and I'm just going to keep it right there. Seattle's going to win this one. That's my prediction. But uh, it's gonna, like you said, it's going to be a close, low-scoring game. Um, if this was the beginning of the year, Mr. Unlimited Seattle Seahawks, they would steamroll the Rams. But... Um, They've looked really inconsistent. I mean, the Niners gave them a little run for their money last week, so uh, and they have been atrocious. So, yeah, I think Russell Wilson's experience and just mental toughness ultimately gets it done. He finds a way to make plays, and uh, that's going to continue at least for one more week this year. They got a, another another side point on this, too. It looks like uh, Jamal Adams is a game-time decision, so that could be a big factor on the Seattle side as well because um, I don't see the Rams having any run game. They really haven't all year. I don't think they have that solidified running back. They got Cam Akers back there, but I'm not excited about that if I'm a Rams fan. And then really where they dominate is with Cooper Cup and with uh, Bobby Trees, Robert Woods, and... Like, if they can get it done there, then that's where I think they, they have the chance of beating Seattle. So I think that's a big call to if Jamal Adams plays or not is going to be a huge factor. Yeah, last point for me on this game is uh, normally I would give the Rams the edge in the coaching battle. But, you know, Pete Carroll, arguably a Hall of Fame coach, still doing the damn thing. Sean McVay, one of the best minds in all of football. We know that he's the boy genius, so to say. Every team that's hiring new coaches looking for that young up-and-comer because of Sean McVay. So uh, the coaching matchup's pretty even. Again, this is going to be, I think, one of the I, – I, I like all the games this weekend with the exception of one of them. I think this is going to be one of the most competitive. I think it's going to be a three-point game either way, and uh, somebody's going to get burned with a late field goal. So that wraps up uh, – our middle of the afternoon slate on Fox for Saturday, and we got to kick it over to the nightcap. Been waiting all day for Saturday night. We got TB12 making his playoff debut with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Not so much this year. Ended that playoff drought against the Washington. I'm not the Redskins, and uh, we're going to be in <laughs> FedEx Field on that shitty turf in DC. And uh, Beamer, I'm actually going to kick it to you to start this one off. How's it going to go down? I'm gonna I'm gonna jump right off the bat, and I've made a few bold predictions this year, but I'm gonna continue it, and I'm gonna say 
the Washington, not the Redskins, uh, come up and upset. Well, not come up. They're at home, so upset the Bucks right out the gate. And I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you why right now because the Buccaneers, um, if you've looked at their record, they only had about two or three winning records. They've played all season teams with winning records. So um, obviously Tom Brady's playing lights out, but hey, the competition hasn't quite been there. The teams they have struggled against have had great defenses, which. Uh, Washington's defense has looked really good. The second half of the year, of course, they got Chase Young as a freaking animal on the D-line. He is. And a little fun fact, uh, Alex Smith has won his last five starts. Uh, the, the only two games they've lost in the last seven have been by the no longer employed Dwayne Haskins. So I think Alex Smith, he's he's doing what he's done, right? We saw in Kansas City. Game manager show up, win a divisional game, get bounced the next round, whatever it may be. Uh, but I'm calling it right now. If you're putting putting a money line bet somewhere, go with the Washington, not the Redskins. Ooh, I, I don't know about that one. I, I'll give it to you on the Alex Smith thing. I do like the uh, the comeback tour that he's on. However, the last game was just handed to them because the Eagles wanted that better draft pick and they wanted to screw over the Giants and your original pick on who was going to win the NFC East. And I just don't see Tom Brady losing a playoff game to a team from the NFC least. It's just, I, it's not going to happen. They just turned it on with him and AB. I think it was just a matter of time before they had that connection and they're figuring it out now. Does Mike Evans play? Maybe. Does he not? I don't think it's going to be that big of a factor because they still have Godwin. They still have Antonio Brown. They still have Gronkowski. They got people to throw the ball to. They got people to run the ball. Even with the good defense that Washington has, it's not going to happen. An NFC team, NFC East team, just cannot make it past the first round of playoffs after getting into the playoffs with the record that they have. It's, I'm going against that. I'm betting heavily against you on that one, Beamer. Okay, battle it up. Oh Down. man, I don't, I don't want to spend too much time on this game, but uh, I do got to throw it out that Beamer, you're making the point that the Bucks struggled against teams this year with winning records, but uh, the Washington racial slurs are not a team with a winning record, getting in there at seven and nine, finishing out the season. But uh, I, I, I like your points that you made. Very fair. The, the, the Washington football team has a nasty defensive front seven. Chase Young, Jonathan Allen, they get after the quarterback. If they can get to Tom Brady, we know how he has happy feet when he gets teams that are getting up in his face. But, man, I think this Bucks offense really is cooking right now. The last few games, I know, granted, against the Falcons, the Lions, actually the Falcons twice. They put up some big numbers. Again, Zach, I fucking hate agreeing with you, but <laughs> the Antonio Brown connection with Tom Brady, I mean, shit, he got that boy an extra quarter milli with those three shovel passes in the last two minutes to hit that bonus. Um, I, I think their offense is really cooking, and I don't think the, the, the football team from D.C. will be too much of a, a struggle with them. I think that the Bucks roll here. I got the Bucks by 17 points. I'm going to go... Uh, 31-14 final. Um, I love the Alex Smith story. Love the angle. Love the Ron Rivera story. You know, dude's battling cancer out here. Fucking getting the squad motivated. You got Dwayne Haskins, a first-round pick last year, going to a strip club. Ron Rivera wasn't around when he drafted him. He said, get this fucking ass clown out of my building. Don't be needing (laughs) that shit here. Um, Yeah, man, I think the 
I think the skins, I, they're always going to be the Redskins. Let's just clarify that. They're always going to be the fucking Redskins. I don't give a shit. So uh, I think they, they might have a bright future in terms of like getting a couple more pieces here and there. The Alex Smith thing, again, for the 87th time on this podcast. Great story, Flipper. But you getting scraped <laughs> this weekend, bud. JPP in his one hand's coming for you and your one leg. That's all I got on this game. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I'm i with you for sure on that. And, and 100%, they'll always be the Redskins. Uh, I don't know if you guys watched the game too much. wasn't too exciting. Redskins, Eagles, but they slipped it at least oh, three yeah. or four times. Collinsworth, I think he said it at least two or three. And they kept apologizing for it, which I think made it even better. But that shit was hilarious, dude. Everyone knows they're the Redskins. It's such a just mockery that they even went with the Washington football team. It's it's a joke. Redskins for life. And that they're keeping it for, for next year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like how hard is it to come up with a mascot? Look at, at the thousands of high schools that are in your local area. You could get inspiration somewhere. But hey, last hey, thing I, I my... oh go ahead, Beamer, kick it. Sorry, last thing I will say is. The last two playoff teams that had less than a winning record, you know, less than an eight and eight record, uh, won their games. The twenty fourteen Panthers, and also the twenty twelve Seahawks, when Beast Mode had the fucking hold my dick. So, stone that out there. Was uh, and I just got I was just curious. Was that when was Ron Rivera the coach of the Panthers then, or is that is that too far back? Um, that's Why are you asking question? these hard-hitting questions? Yeah, we don't know the answers to that. Bro. Come <laughs> on. You, guys, you guys have a sports-hitting podcast. I thought I could bring questions to the table. Dude, pre-show, we told you, man. There's no notes in this bitch. This is all on the Domulans. <laughs> fucking that Romulan, son. No, I think, I think he was. Pro- probably was, I, though. I think yeah. he was. That makes it just a little bit more like, oh, uh, losing record team coming in. Ron Rivera trying to get it done again. Well, Shit, one Zach's of, bringing these hard-hitting facts. I was just going to say, dude, when fucking the Madden days were hitting, you had to have a map mobile quarterback, and if you hit the three randos and you got stuck with the, the skins, you got Jason Campbell, Clint Portis, fucking best uniforms on the game, bro. The skins <laughs> with the red on red on red. If they come out on Saturday night and they rolling with that, B might be cooking with some fucking oil grease because that's just a that's just a uniform you come out and you got to fucking stud out in. Even though Dwayne Haskins fucking stripper pussy ass wore those a couple weeks ago and they still lost but flipper get the thing done with those things so watch out for the uniforms bro good call <laughs> all right let's keep it rolling um that that ends the nightcap there on saturday but there's a full another day of football another sunday three more games um starting off in the morning we got a 10 a.m game with the titans and ravens here we got the four and five seeds um, I'll throw it over to you, Zach. What What do you think is going down in this one on Sunday? I think this is going to be a good one, and I don't like my pick in this one for obvious reasons as a Steelers fan. But Baltimore Ravens are hot right now. I don't. I I could see them going really far um, in playoffs in general. I, I think they're like that that dark horse team in the AFC right now. I could see them going all the way and upsetting some teams. And I think it's going to start with Tennessee. Um, Tennessee is great. I mean, Derrick Henry is a fucking beast. I saw the stat earlier today that said if he didn't even get the ball in the first half of all of his games, he still would have been the fourth leading rusher this year. I think he had like over a thousand <laughs> yards for second half 
um, in all of his games. He had like 1,070-something yards. The guy just tears it up at the second half of the game and just runs through defenses when they're tired. Just like pitiful when he throws them down with that stiff arm too. Like I would not even get next to that guy if I was anywhere near him for that highlight real chance of just being shown a fool. I think he did it to Norman. He did it to a couple other players this year and just punked him. But I don't think he's going to do that to the Baltimore defense. The Baltimore defense is really good and they're going to, uh, they're, they're going to give him a hard time for sure. He punked Earl Thomas of the Baltimore Ravens in the playoffs last year. That was kind of like his first main, main one with that upset win that they had last year. You know, I'm going to actually roll with the Tennessee Titans. Uh, I was a little torn on this game. The Titans' defense is absolute Swiss cheese. So many holes in it. They can't get off the field on third down. But the last two years, I mean, I guess it's only been a sample size of two games. But going back to the playoffs last year, getting turnovers. Derrick Henry shoving it up their hoop. This year, Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry. The emergence of A.J. Brown for them has been huge. Ryan Tannehill, uh, outside of his couple years in Miami – I guess as many years in Miami. He's two years in Tennessee that he's been there. He's absolutely flipped their offense. I'm going to go on a – I think the Titans have a Super Bowl caliber offense. The defense will eventually be the ones that hold them back. They have some playmakers on the offensive side of the ball. It's going to be very key to get up, though. you got to get up on the Ravens. The Ravens have the number one rushing attack in all the NFL. If you could somehow get up on them 7-10-0, it's going to make Lamar have to beat you. Tennessee does have a shit pass defense, but Lamar's, we know, not the best passer in the world. If – Tennessee lets Baltimore come out, establish the run. J.K. Dobbins getting off. Gus Edwards getting those tough yards up the middle. And then Lamar running the RPO off of it. They're going to struggle, and they're going to get shredded, and they're going to lose by double digits. But I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think, obviously, home field is not going to play too much of an advantage in any of these games. But uh, I do like the Titans here. I think they have the Ravens number. I'm going to go with the Titans in a squeaker. I'm going to go with the score of 31-27 Tennessee. Nice. I like the scores. I've been leaving those out. I'll bring it back, though, for a few of these. Um, nice split the cake here. Titans on for Tim and Ravens for Zach. I'm going to have to roll with my boy ZK here, Zach, and I'm, I'm going with the Ravens in this one um, for similar reasons as you're going with the Titans, Tove. Uh The Ravens, would they just rush for 350 or 400 yards or something last week? Uh, yeah, some some ridiculous number. Um, so they got you know obviously they have multiple guys doing it there on the rushing attack, and obviously Titans can match that with Derrick Henry. Um, but we have seen him be limited. You know a few weeks ago against Green Bay, they kind of shut him down. Although it was snowing, um, yeah. Ryan Tannehill he does his thing, but I think the Ravens are just super hot right now. They've won they've won their last five games. Uh, Lamar Jackson's playing with a chip on his shoulder. He's got bounced in the first round the last two seasons. Um, so, and after a little criticism, you know, midway through this season, he's been playing really well since then. So, that's why I'm going with the Ravens. And I'll go 31-21 Ravens. Okay. Yeah, definitely think it's going to be a decently high score. And before we get a final score from Zach, I just wanted to bring it back. You mentioned that game against the Packers a few weeks ago. Uh, in the snow, on the frozen tundra at Lambeau Field. The Packers were up on the Titans 14-0 before you could even blink. And uh, really, they got away from the Derrick Henry run game. So again, if Lamar comes out and somehow Baltimore builds a 10-0 lead, you know, they get up 
13 to, to 6 or whatever. I, I mean, Tannehill's capable of throwing the ball around the yard. He definitely is. But that Ravens secondary is no fucking joke. They got playmakers back there. Chuck Clark, Marcus Peters, Humphrey. They're going to take the ball away. And Derrick Henry, Zach, you alluded to his second half in games. He wears defenses out. He's just an absolute fucking monster. I think one of the most impressive things in the NFL is that this dude that's 6'5", an absolute fucking tractor. His nickname's Tractor Cito. His, uh, his ability to run away from DBs when he gets on the second level is just incredible. He's got breakaway speed. Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry, he's the fucking king. I really just picked them because I don't want to agree with Zach anymore. But uh, what's your <laughs> final score prediction? Yeah, before I give the final score prediction, I got to go back on a, on a comment that Beam made, and that's that uh, Lamar Jackson is definitely playing with a chip on his shoulder. But even more importantly, he's playing without bubbles in his guts. Ever since he took that dookie, <laughs> <laughs> At that Browns game, the guy has been unstoppable, and he's, he's got no more bubble guts, dude. He's playing for real, and he's going to keep continuing, and he's, he's going to smoke, uh, smoke the Titans. I think him and uh, Derrick Henry might be close for a rushing leader of the game. I think they could, they could really duke it out there. Um, but final score on that one? You guys kind of hit close to where I was going, so I'll go 20-34. I think they're going to beat them by two touchdowns. Ravens take the victory, and uh, it won't be close in the end. I think it's going to be a clear win from them. I think uh, Henry might also be a little tired from last week's game. They used him quite a bit against the Texans, and they had to duke that one out all the way to the end. So I don't know if he's got fresh legs. We'll see. Yeah, Lamar definitely should be getting a sponsorship from Imodium sometime soon, <laughs> clogging up those, uh, that sphincter. But, yeah, well, I guess you mentioned Derrick Henry's last week. I mean, he came into the game week 17, needing 223 yards to get to 2,000, and I've never been more confident in a running back going over 200 yards than him going into that game. He's gone over 200 the last three times he's played the Texans. He's absolutely shit on their chest. Uh, you know, kind of like Odell. fucking not another team movie style. Uh, but yeah, I think that about wraps this game up. And we got to toss it over to the next game, the middle of the sandwich on Sunday. Probably the worst game on paper. Hopefully it turns out to be competitive. But we got Dub Bears squeaking into the playoffs at 8-8, eight and eight, going to the Super Bowl, Super Dome, getting that Super Dome. They will not be going to the Super Bowl. But uh Facing Drew Brees and the boys. And uh, I'm going to just jump off the top, make this one quick. I think the Saints go marching big here. I think the Saints put up 34 points. Mitch Trubisky turns it over a shit ton. They get some garbage points, make it 34-20. I think this Roquan Smith injury with the Bears is huge. He's their heart and soul on their defense besides Khalil Mack. He's going to most likely miss the game. I think the Bears have no chance here. Matt Nagy, he's a puss. He wears a visor. I just never like visor guys. Get out of here with that shit. Uh... Sean Payton, also a visor guy, but he actually wins games. So, you know, going with the Saints big here. Going to set up some big matchup next week. That's all I got on this one. Yeah, I, I'm in agreement with you there. So I guess that's why you went first because you didn't want to agree with me anymore. I'll agree with you. And, uh, yeah, Drew Brees is going to get it done with all, like, four of his ribs that he's got left. He's still going to smoke the Bears. And Mitchell Trubisky is just not the quarterback that you want on your team for a playoff game against the Saints. So Saints are going to go marching in, and they're going to stomp that ass. I'm going to say 28-10. to 10. I don't see the Bears putting up too many points. Brees is going to have a great game. If Kamara plays, maybe that 28 comes down to 21. Or if he doesn't play, maybe that 28 comes down to 21. But uh, regardless... They're gonna they're gonna smoke them. Saints win. I guess that makes three of us. New Orleans is gonna uh, 
kick that ass. I, you know, Toph actually picked the Bears to win the NFC North back in the way, way back. Um, your first prediction, I believe. But then we changed changed it, and he said that they were still going to make the playoffs, still had faith, and they snuck in. So that was kind of cool to see. But, uh, yeah, they're going to they're gonna get their ass kicks. You know, both teams have had, Saints and Bears have had some heartbreaks in the playoffs the last few years. We had the double doink, um, Cody Parkey. I think that was Fuck two that years guy. ago. <laughs> now the Browns kicker. And uh, <laughs> some maybe some forecasting there, foreshadowing. Um and then the Saints, of course, we, everyone knows their story the last two or three seasons, the Minneapolis miracle, the pass interference, no call. And uh, they got whooped up last year, actually, um, by Minnesota. But anyways, they're going to get it done this year. Drew Brees, this is last year. Um, he's on a mission. He's beat up. But it's going to be like the Peyton Manning year when he won it, you know, he looked like shit the whole playoff, the whole postseason, and they just got it done for him. So I'm seeing something similar there. Um, maybe the Saints, you know, make it down to the NFC Championship. Uh, I don't see him making it to the to the ship, though. So, But they are going to get it done this week. And one little – I'll throw in a little prop for you. Um, isn't – is Cordero Patterson on the Bears? He is, right? Yeah, yeah. He He's going to return a kick for a touchdown. That's a little prop. So okay. with okay. with all things considered, I think the Saints are going to take it to him. We'll say forty-one to twenty with a Cordero Patterson return touchdown. I like that. The, the Bears, the bold predictions. So we got a good we, one. That's we could throw a, a parlay bet on Cordero Patterson returning a kick, as well as Washington money line against Tampa Bay. That's got to be a solid payout right there. I think that's that's, <laughs> that's one all hell of a that's bet. All you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's just not a smart well, bet. Anyways. In case Kamara doesn't play, man, if you know, you know. Living room, bedrooms, dinettes. Oh, yeah. You can find them at the market. <laughs> we talking about flea market. Montgomery. It's just like, it's just like a mini ma. Just had to get that out. Ty Montgomery, the goat. What's good? <laughs> <laughs> no one's going to get that, tough, but I got it. So. You should that cut that out. <laughs> Cool. Well, uh, that that's gonna do it there. All three of us taking the Saints in that mid Sunday game, and that takes us into the nightcap on Sunday and the nightcap, the weekend ender, the Carrie Underwood of the weekend game. Tofs Cleveland Browns visiting Zach's Pittsburgh Steelers. What's gonna go down here, boys? I'll kick it to you, Zach, first, since you're our guest. Well, first, I'm tired of the damn disrespect against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Everyone's been hating on us all damn year. But if you look at the teams in the AFC side who are in the playoffs right now, you got the Colts, we beat them. You got the Ravens, we beat them twice. You got the Titans, we beat them. And you got the Browns, we beat them as well. We did get smoked by Buffalo, I'll give you that. And they're probably going to win the Super Bowl. If not, I at least see them getting there. But uh, I want my damn respect. I want my Steelers to have respect as well. You win enough games in a season, you you deserve it. It's still football. You're playing professional teams. You know, we need the respect. But Steelers are going to win this one. No doubt in my mind. I see it. 28-14, I'll give the Browns two touchdowns, maybe. 
Big Ben is the king in the north. I'm still upset at both of you for not picking the Steelers as your AFC North prediction. Um, but that's okay. I get it. I understand my TOEF didn't. Beam. Come on, man. But I get it. I get Emodium. it. Emodium. Emodium. Yeah, I, I don't know if I would have picked the Steelers in the beginning of this year after our, our play last year, but... Defense is there. We got Hayward back. We got Watt coming back. We got Hayden coming back. And we're playing against the Browns. I don't know what's going on with their whole COVID situation. I hope that's not the determining factor here. I want them to play at full strength because I know we can beat them. We smoked them earlier in the year. They were missing Chubb, but I don't think that would have made too much of a difference in a game where I think the score was 37 to 6. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Toph. <laughs> Yeah, 38-7, 30 something like it was an ass whooping. It was an ass whooping. And then this last game, we had Mason Rudolph in, and it was what, two points difference? And we missed the two-point conversion. You guys almost blew it on the onside. Like, yeah, I'm ready for you guys at full strength. We'll be at full strength. Daddy Ben's coming to play. It's gonna be a clear victory. Yeah, man. Uh <laughs> fuck. I, I don't I don't know where to start with this one. I told you, you know, we texted a little bit back and forth, the three of us before the show. And I said, if you think I'm coming on here and talking shit, it's just not going to happen. I got some numbers I wanted to just give the people. I know Zach, you're pretty aware of these. But uh, just to put in perspective of how much of a class organization the Steelers are in comparison to the Browns. Since 2004, when Big Ben came in to be the quarterback for the Steelers. And, you know, he's missed some games here and there. He missed last season. Big Ben's been the primary quarterback for the Steelers, and the Browns have started 23 different quarterbacks since 2004. You got names like Trent Dilfer, Jeff Garcia, Brandon Whedon, Brady Quinn, Johnny Manziel. You name them, they probably played for the Browns and they suck. Since 2007, when Mike Tomlin became the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, just since 2007, he became the third coach in franchise like in franchise history. He's only the third person to ever coach the fucking black and gold. And just since 2007, the Cleveland Browns have had nine coaches. So I say all that you get a quarterback. I say all that to say that you know it's a copycat league. We we know that you've heard that fucking cliche saying since we were yay high. And it's a hell of a difference when you get a coach that you believe in and a quarterback that will be your franchise quarterback for years to come. And finally, after all these swings and misses, the Browns seem to have a coach that will be there for the long term and a quarterback that will be there for the long term. The Steelers are definitely an organization that you can look at and try to try to mimic in terms of building them. And the Browns have done that in a lot of ways. They've drafted guys like Denzel Ward, Nick Chubb, Miles Garrett, the Steelers, a lot of their cornerstone pieces they've drafted. Cam Hayward, TJ Watt, Devin Bush, he's hurt. I get that. Big Ben, Juju. And then they've added key pieces here and there in free agency. Minka Fitzpatrick, I know he was a trade. Joe Hayden trade. Um, they've added these different veteran guys to add to the depth of the team. And the Browns have kind of mimicked that. I hate to say that, but yeah, that's how you build an organization. And Cleveland's finally been able to do that. I've been saying all, all year, you know, rule number 76, no excuses, play, you got to win, you know, play like a champion. And uh, I'm not going to use COVID-19 as an excuse. The Browns do have some serious issues going into Sunday and not having their head coach is going to suck. I'm most heartbroken for Joel Batonio, all pro guard for the last three years, longest tenured Brown. He's lived through the shit. 
it, it, it sucks. Now, I got one last thing I wanted to go over before I kind of just wrapped it up. In Ben's career, since 2004, he has lost three games to the fucking Browns. The Browns have beaten them four times. Ben didn't play. They've beaten them five times. Two of them were started by Mason Rudolph. Ben doesn't lose to the fucking Browns. He has never <laughs> lost to the Browns at Heinz Field. Never lost to the Browns at Heinz Field. They play at Heinz Field every year. <laughs> so I, 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 I say this quote. If you've seen the Little Giants, the halftime speech, Rick Moranis coaching the boys. Little Giants getting the ass whooped by Kevin O'Shea's Cowboys. And he talked about me and my brother Kevin, we raced down Cherry Hill every day. And I lost every time. But one time, one time I beat him. Just one time, Browns. Do it for me. I don't have any expectations. I'm known for the tough jinx. Fucking Steelers by a million. That's all I got. Unlike the uh, Little Giants, though. They won't have a head coach to give that speech, so you guys are even <laughs> out of luck there. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> what, uh, what are wow. your thoughts here, Beam? <clears throat> Mediator. Well, yeah, to to split the difference. After those, I had a, a theory or a prediction, and then Toph rattled off some of those numbers, and it kind of just confirmed what I was already thinking, and. Uh, yeah, the steel curtain's going to get it done, no doubt. I think once the COVID shit started happening and you knew that, unfortunately, that they're going to be out, some coaches and players, that kind of really, I think that does for the morale, that the Browns, you know, the momentum that they had, I think that's going to be gone, going down the drain. Big Ben on a rest week, he's going to come out slinging it. So uh, I'm going with the Steelers. Sorry, Toph. That- yeah, no, I... I got one last thing on that, too, is we're talking about all these COVID issues. As we record this, it's Tuesday. If you think that there's not going to be at least one or two more positives trickling in throughout the rest of the week, you're fucking high off some good shit because there's definitely going to be some more positive tests. This facility's been closed the last part of the last two and a half weeks. I mean, if the Browns win, they fucking feed Nick Chubb 30 times, but he'll probably get COVID by tomorrow. So... (laughs) Yeah, I, I, I'm just not optimistic. Been waiting a long time for this shit. Been waiting 18 years for Sunday night. And uh, about to get raw dog, no spit, no loops, and paper finish. R.I.P. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if there's COVID issues on both sides. We did just play you guys last week. They had a picture of Stefanski going up and shaking Fickner's, however the hell you say his name, our offensive coordinator, who I hate. Sphincter is what I refer to him as. That guy could go to hell. Um, calls the most boring offense ever, the most frustrating offense ever. The guy's an idiot. He needs to get canned immediately. But they had that picture of him, so if they call it any contact tracing, if our guys start testing positive, there's a chance it spreads there as well. So who knows? That's been the craziest variable ever this year. I think in, in all of sports history, COVID, you never know who's going to play, who's not. It's been crazy playing that factor with fantasy football. I know that's the, the very small list of uh, items that COVID has affected in terms of you know, priority lists. But, <laughs> but still, it's just been very interesting. And, and I'm curious to see in all the matchups that we have this week who could potentially be out last minute just because of another COVID occurrence. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to guess right now that we have 
a Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday playoff game this season. You think they postpone Res- it? Like a resch- rescheduled to later in the week. I don't know about so this basically- one. I, can, I don't know. I mean, it's not looking too good, but uh, we'll see if any more positive cases come out. But so all games are always take- the weekend. Go ahead. If you want to take your Washington money line with your Cordero Patterson <laughs> running or kickback, this you one. should just if you should add Patrick Mahomes to get COVID because that's the only way they're moving a fucking playoff game is if that fool gets COVID or Aaron Rodgers. Uh, or the Ravens. They they moved mountains for the Ravens earlier this season. They do. They do. Mm-hmm. But uh, before we let you go, Zach, we got a little back half of the episode to get to. Uh, you know, you've been a host before. You listen every week. Got to say, NFL season came came and went really quick. We're in the, you know, January football here. But thought do you boys have a hog of the year for the NFL? Maybe a poodle of the year in either aspect? No kind of putting you guys on the spot. Do you guys have a hog of the year that stands out just for his work that he did in this COVID year? I got a hog for sure. Okay. Let's hear it. All right, I'll go Let's ahead go. and kick that off. You know, Pittsburgh Steelers, of course, was going to roll with that. And uh, on the defensive side, there's quite a few options to choose from. We've had a hell of a year on the defensive side this year. You've had uh, players like Mika Fitzpatrick, who had incredible seasons. Uh, Joe Hayden had an incredible season. Cam Hayward, Stephon Tuitt. You guys always play well. Um, but you got to give it up to the guy who is my defensive player of the year pick as well. TJ Watt, definitely my hog of the year. The guy tears it up. Something about that bloodline. The Watts know how to get it done. And TJ Watt is a fucking beast. That is definitely my hog of the year for the NFL. Good call. Good call. Uh, Beamer, you got one? I do. I got I got a hog. We can't go wrong with TJ Watt. Like you said, the fool's been everywhere on the field this season. So have to agree there with our guest, Zach. My hog of the year and there's a few guys you can pick from here but i'm gonna go with kind of a little a mini cut not a deep cut but a little a little slice and i'm gonna go with Devonte adams um 18 touchdowns in 14 games this year go dogs. 1374 yards go dogs. go dogs and uh it was just announced today another Devonta. well i guess Devonta smith Wide receiver from Alabama just won the Heisman today. Here's a, here's a little uh, fun fact for you there. This season, he had 1,511 yards and 17 touchdowns. And Devontae Adams' senior year at Fresno, while we were there, he had 1,719 yards and 24 touchdowns. So, um, you know, he's been doing it for a while, but he just looks unstoppable right now. So I'm going with Devontae for my hog of the year. Great pick. Great pick. If I wasn't biased on the Steelers, I, I would probably go there as well. Devontae Adams. Ter- yeah, and I think sure. we talked about this guy already, so he's not my pick, but just got to mention him in this segment. Derrick Henry, what he did this season, 2,027 yards. Fucking incredible. He's the baddest man in the NFL, arguably. But uh, I'm actually going with another wide receiver, rookie receiver, that studded out. Uh, Justin Jefferson, 1,400 yards in his rookie year. This guy, he came in the league, lit the league on fire. This rookie class of receivers, we talked about it. Chase Claypool, he's a fucking freak. C.D. Lamb. But Justin Jefferson, I think, is the best of the group. Uh, complete dominance. Made Captain Kirk look pretty damn good at times. 
I think he's going to be a special, special player for a long time. So, Justin Jefferson, rookie, you was a hog of the year. You guys got a poodle? I'm going to kick it off with that if you don't mind. The gritty, yeah. the gritty. Sorry, I had to throw that the in The gritty. Did you see Kirk Cousins hit the gritty this last weekend? No, I didn't. Is he trying to make amends with, uh, with uh, Jefferson? There was that, there was that was hot mic funny. that Jefferson said, fuck Kirk, when he threw the bad pass. I don't know if you guys caught that one, but it's got to be kind of frustrating when you got that much talent. You got Kirk Cousins throwing you the ball. Exactly. But uh, my poodle of the year is Carson Wentz, man. This guy was supposed to be the messiah for the Philadelphia Eagles. You know, he gets hurt. Big Dick Nick comes in, wins the Super Bowl. City of Philadelphia, not usually kind of fucking weakness. And Carson's lucky that there wasn't fans in the stands this year. Dude had more turnovers than he did touchdowns. He's now pretty much told the Eagles to fuck off. He ain't playing for them ever again. He's at an ends with Doug Peterson not seeing eye to eye, making it very publicly known. I, I think that we've talked about this in the past. I think he will get picked up, get a second chance, perhaps get reunited with Frank Wright in Indianapolis after Phillip Rivers retires this year. Who knows? But I just don't like the way Carson Wentz has kind of carried himself this year. And his play on the field is just poodle enough for me. So uh, he's my poodle of the year. I just wanted to throw that out there. Don't know if you guys have one, but if you do, feel free to share. Yeah, I'll go. I, uh, I, had to, I had to do a quick search right now, and I'm not going with a player. I'm going with, a, uh, I guess, a, an executive, a leader, if you will. And um, you guys might know the names. You might not. Uh, I guess it's a duo here. Are you familiar with who Woody and Christopher Johnson are? The Chets owners. The Chets owners. They are Johnson the two, and Johnson baby powder. The two biggest poodles. They say they're American businessmen, but if their organization of the Jets is any sense of how they run a business, I do not want any stock there because these guys did such a terrible job of not getting rid of Adam Gase earlier in the season that they let him stick around so long to where he actually started winning fucking games and took away their solid draft pick. So, like, <laughs> cut the fat, lose the rest of your games, do what you got to do, be smart about it. But these guys just do not know how to run an organization. They, they look like they're going to have some hope each year, and they just crumble. They get rid of good players. They, they're just terrible. They're terrible. They're terrible. I don't see any hope for them moving forward. They're just terrible. Poodles. I'd have, I'd have to agree. I think that organization is been horrible the past decade so ever since the butt fumble it really went downhill after that but uh good tough what woody johnson uh ambassador to the united kingdom under the trump regime i don't know if you guys knew that but uh he'll be coming back stateside here in a few weeks when biden officially takes over but we're not here to talk politics one positive thing about woody johnson johnson and johnson Baby powder, good for your chafe on those warm summer days. Be sure to, you know, put it on your nets. All good. But, yeah, Jets are trash. <laughs> That's good. That's a great poodle there. Anyone, you know, anyone going with the Jets, you're going to have a lot of people on your side. Um, I got one kind of a random I just thought of, and uh, it's a former, actually an unemployed person of the NFL former coach and GM, and he did some bad shit back Early on before the season even started, Bill O'Brien, Mr. Butchin himself, um, of previously of the Houston Texans, he uh, traded away 
DeAndre Hopkins to the Arizona Cardinals for David Johnson and company. David Johnson, again, was hurt for most of the year, like he's been his whole career except for that one season. And, uh, yeah, the, he just ruined the Texans' season for sure, you know, before it even started, gave him no shot. Um, yeah, he got fired after five or six games, and the Texans end up going 4-12, and 12, um, kind of just following – the shit that he left there, the disaster that he left behind. So Bill O'Brien, I don't even know if he's going to have a job next year. Probably not. He'll probably do like a Mike McCarthy and just take a year off and then get hired on, you know, as like a coordinator somewhere. That'd be my guess. But uh, water boy. Year. Water boy. <laughs> and he fucking the year before traded multiple first round picks for Laramie Tunsil. So the number three overall draft pick that they should own actually goes to the Miami Dolphins. Yeah. He so sabotaged again, fucking the organization. Yeah. Boom. All right. Well, uh, Zach, as always, appreciate you coming on. Uh, appreciate your insight. It's nice to get the three-man booth going again. We've done it once before for our Masters Talk, so thanks for joining us. Do you have any parting shots? Yeah, you know, I appreciate you boys inviting me on to uh, to talk some shop here. Always love to talk NFL. I'm going to be sad when it's gone this season because my weekends will be back. I won't know what to do with Sundays, and I'll have to figure out what to do with that void in my life now. But uh, excited, excited. <laughs> I'm not scared. Toph, Toph will be there this weekend. Um, uh, I'm excited to catch the game this Sunday. I'm excited to watch the games on Saturday. Toph, you'll be hearing from me quite a bit. Text message, phone call, video message, audio message, probably the whole works. I'll be talking a whole lot of shit. If for some reason the Browns do end up winning, none of you will hear from me from a very long time. I'll probably cut off all <laughs> communication and just go silent for at least uh, 100 days minimum. But uh, no, all joking. Yeah, I think it's going to be fun this weekend. Really appreciate you boys having me on here. Always fun. Um, that's all I got, guys. Well, we'll be looking forward to... You could send all those in a group text with us. I want to see the funny <laughs> videos and audio messages as well. But uh, as always, man, we appreciate having you on. You're always a fun guest for us and our first recurring guest. So thank you and uh, look forward to some future appearances on episodes down the road. Tell if any last comment for Zach before you guys face off. No, he's giving me the no. He's done. Tub, right. Tub doesn't want to talk to me anymore. King of the North. See you, boys. All right. So, once again, thanks to the homie Zach for joining us. We've got the three-man booth going. But now we're back to just the T&B in the podcast episode. We did not record last week for our year-end episode, so we got to wrap up the 2020 year, first year of the TB test. Got a little award show for you. Got six hey, awards yo. to give out to the people. Beam, you ready to give it to them? I'd love to. Yeah, it's been a fun year, man. 30 episodes in a half a year, basically. Seven months. It's been a lot of fun. So if you're still listening, we appreciate you. And go subscribe, rate, Easy. review. And uh, yeah, let's give it to them. We got six awards. Um, what are we starting off with first? Well, we started off this year, the only sport back was the UFC and golf. So, you know, big golf guys love the tour. 
I know you like to play a lot more than me, but uh, the Golf is Life 69 award. So I was thinking the best moment of the golf year. And uh, I'm going to let you kick it off with this one. What is your Golf is Life 69 moment of the year? Golf is Life 69 moment of the year has to be for me and for the pod, Dustin Johnson winning the green jacket by fucking six strokes or whatever it was. Um, number one rated golfer coming into the tourney. And uh, we all kind of had a feeling he was going to do it. And he just ran away from the field there and secured the green jacket. So I'm going DJ Golf is Live 69. Moment of the yeah, year. Yeah, man. My my award actually goes to Dustin Johnson's involved in it. But, you know, winning the Masters was the obvious choice. I didn't want to pick the same one as you. Um, but I have to go with a singular shot. And that is at the BMW Championship in the FedEx Cup playoff. John Rahm, Dustin Johnson in a playoff. John Rahm seeks a 66-foot birdie putt to win the playoff. Absolutely fucking bonker shot. That is my golfer's life 69 moment of the year. Did you have any honorable mentions that perhaps make the list? Um, obviously... In singular shots, it's got to be Colin Morikawa's drive on 16 in the PGA Championship um, to about seven feet and then sinking the eagle putt. Um, That for sure. One other honorable mention kind of golf is life segment award I think should go to us because at one point in the early PGA Tour season, we had picked five of seven PGA Tour winners between the two of us which that's a pretty good little run. So I'd like to throw ourselves up there. Yeah, good call, man. And the Colin Moore Cow shot was definitely on my list. So uh, that's award number one. Should we get to the award number two? Yeah, award number two. Um, we're going to stick it to all our fellas, all our listeners out there that like smoking their meats. They probably throw all <laughs> everything on the Traeger. And... Uh, Tofa and I, you know, we like to call the smoke shows here the Traegers. So we're going to Traeger of the Year Award for the TB Test 2020. And I'm going to stick it to, you know, I'm a married man, Tof, so, um, But my Traeger of the Year is Tasha from The Bachelorette. Um, we, should, we just had my wife Alyssa on talking about her, talking about, you know, just how cool of a chick she was. Absolute dime piece as well. So she's my Traeger of the year yeah man and uh we did do our bachelorette episode a few weeks ago and uh we knew zach was gonna win and sure enough he did that kitty porn loving fucker <laughs> but uh wish them all the best uh my smoke show of the year again dustin johnson getting brought up because how can you not bring up his lady she got a lot of facetime on the camera this year because dj only wins golf tournaments but paulina gretzky the Princess of Canada. I mean, Paulina looking like a smoker every time she's on camera at the Masters greeting DJ on the 72nd hole. I don't know if you follow her on Instagram, but she posted some pretty good-looking shit for her birthday a couple weeks ago. Uh, <laughs> girls got it going on. I I had no doubt straight Gwen Stefani. We were going to go one, two, Tasha Paulina, Smokers of the Year. Uh yeah, I got a. I don't even have any honorable mentions. I knew those were the two. Do you got anybody else, no. Mr. Married Man? That's it. All right, let's keep 
Let's keep it rolling, rolling, rolling like Fred Durst and the boys. Uh, next award we got, got, up, got up here is we each made some takes, mini takes this year, and uh, we got the best and worst take of the year. And I'm going to start out with the best take that you made all year. Uh, going back to our first couple episodes of the TV test, when we had not even a logo or nothing yet, we were doing them on Instagram Live. We were talking about the NBA. Rudy Gobert, you know, had been the first professional athlete to come down with COVID. We talked about the season eventually resuming. And even back then, you said that the Los Angeles Lakers were going to win the NBA Finals. At the time, the Clippers were all the rage. Giannis and the Bucks were all the rage. You stuck with that pick through and through. You know, we kind of review some of these predictions that we make throughout the year. We've done multiple NFL flip-flops and whatnot, but that was one that you stuck with. The first prediction, I believe, of a sporting event that you made came true. Lakers obviously raised that banner in the bubble, and uh, got to give you credit with that. That is my best take that you had all year. Thanks, Pam. Yeah, the Lakers got it done, so it's nice to see that early take come to fruition. Um, and I think you were right there with me um, in agreement for most, if not all, of the year. But, uh, yeah, the Lakers getting it done. Solid choice. I got a best take for you. Best TOEF take of 2020. It's like a TOEF take and bake wrap. Um, <laughs> what, the banana chips are fire? No, no. Uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to keep it sporting. Banana chips are they're all right. But uh, we already kind of talked about it. But uh, your choice for the PGA Championship going with a first-timer to take it all at 33-1 to 1 odds, uh, Colin Morikawa, choosing him, sticking to your guns, uh, him really pulling it out out of a tough leaderboard, just playing you know, un- unfathomable good golf that weekend, and uh, that was your choice outright. I kind of like batted an eye at it at first, and I was like, oh, okay, you know, sure, he's been playing all right, um, but for him to... <laughs> to come out victorious in his first PGA. Uh, that's your best take of the year, my friend. Yeah, it's one of the very few, the proud, like the Marines that I got right. But um, I know this next category, I'm going to give you the honors to kick it off. The worst take of the year. Lay it on me. Well, I think we both had quite a few here. So there was a lot to choose from. So I kind of wanted to bring more of a uh, non-sports take that you made. And this was back on episode 10, so quite a few episodes back now. Oh, shit. I think it was in the month of July or something like that. We did a ma or na, and Toph hit a uh, hard na on sour cream and cheddar ruffles. He gave them a 3 out of 10 absolute (laughs) trash uh, type of chip, and I took that to heart. And I think most of our viewers took that to heart as well. So that is my number one worst take of the year for you, Tove. Man, I got some, dude, I I have I some honorable mentions. I have some honorable mentions, but I'll let oh, you go first. You go. go, you go oh. first. I was gonna say, man, I I told you though, dude, I'm a kettle cook guy through and through. I'll smack a bag of salt and vinegar, family style chips in one sitting. Not right now, you know why? But uh, <laughs> my worst take for you is also a food take, and uh, I know I, I'm the one that seems to stir up the people, get them a little more controversial. And um, again, it was a ma or na 
segment in which we were doing, you asked the question, does pineapple go on pizza? And I know we put out a poll and I actually lost that poll. And all those people that voted yes for pineapple on pizza, it's your worst take of the year too. Because <laughs> pineapple does not fucking belong on pizza. I don't care who you are. Get that shit out of here. Go get your dull pineapple somewhere else, but leave them the fuck off my pizza. That's my worst take of the year for you. Sweet and savory. Come on, dude. Open your palate. Optimize your palate. Okay, you got any uh, honorable mentions for me? Anything off top? Yeah, the biggest one I got for you was just your love for the Carolina Panthers (laughs) this year. You have them as the NFC South champion when you got two behemoths in the Bucks and Saints there. You had Teddy Two Gloves and the rookie coach. But not besides that, you also picked Christian McCaffrey to be the MVP of the NFL. And that dude played like three fucking games and uh, couldn't stay healthy. Best ability is availability. So your love for the Panthers was really the one that stood out the most. And uh, I, I guess the other one would be when we did our candy draft, our, our candy uh, MySpace top eight. I know yeah. I picked Jolly Ranchers pretty high up. But, man, you were disgusted with me. And I, I don't think you were a big fan of that. And I, I took that one to heart. So, uh those are my honorable mentions for you. That's fair. I, I stand by my Jolly Rancher ranking. Not on the top eight for me. But, uh, yeah, you know, it's funny that you say I had some bad NFC South takes and uh, injury-plagued <laughs> NFL MVP people because uh, you were very high on the Atlanta Falcons, the last of the <laughs> NFC South teams. I actually Wild have a card, dir- baby. I actually have a direct quote from you. It says, I think they'll be exciting wild card. <laughs> hey, uh, they are exciting. They blow games. <laughs> yeah, as we you know talked about Dan Quinn hitting, getting canned early on in the season. And then your NFL MVP award also probably only played about three <laughs> games because that was Dak Prescott who goddamn Snap, snapped. crackle, pop. We're going to be calling him Flipper Number Two next year, alongside <laughs> Alex Smith. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so those are my two honorable mentions for you. I figured we both were going to go there, so I throw a ma or nah, and I'm glad you did the same. Yeah, and uh, I guess one more that came to mind is our. I know you're not a baseball guy, but we had had Vince on Vince Catronio, announcer for the Oakland Athletics, and I got your World Series prediction, and uh, it was. <laughs> The Washington Nationals and the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, who were both very much well below 500, never were even in the race in an expanded field. So uh, that was my last one. Um, yeah, just that one you just shade on you. You just got me off guard, and those were the first two teams I could think of that played in each conference. Washington Nationals being the most recent champ. That was the only reason why. Oh God. The truth comes out. Yeah, you were here. quick on that too. End of the year, yeah, and you got to seem confident. Fake it till you make it, you know. For sure. All right. Uh, All right. We got two more awards. Um, we do these on a weekly basis, so you're gonna know them, but we're gonna do it more of an annual style here, and we're going hog and poodle of the year. Um, Tof. I'm going to start off with hog, my hog of the year, and then I'll kick it over to you, only because I did beat you in our end-of-the-year race FedEx Cup point 
total. So I think I do have. Stay the tuned honors. this weekend. Stay tuned this. Stay weekend. tuned for the, the uh, follow up to that little race, but um, I'm gonna have to stick. And I hate I'm fucking beating a. Oops, I'm sorry for the f bomb bomb. I'm beating a dead horse, but uh, my hog of the year has got to be Dustin Johnson. Um, and I know we've just kind of been talking about him all freaking episode, but he just had that type of year. And he provided a lot of content for us on our first 30 episodes. Um, he finished his 2020 season with top two in six of the last seven events. Um, obviously winning the Masters, the Green Jacket, and a runaway. He's the number one player in the world. He won the FedEx Cup, so he not only made a shitload of money, and he also has a Traeger on his arm. He also finished tied second at the PGA behind Morikawa and tie sixth at the U.S. Open. So he had top six in all the majors. There was only three this year. Um, so he just had a crazy year. Couldn't really go away from there for hog of the year. Yeah, man. And he made about, I think you said he made hella money. I saw on Instagram floating around, there was like a per round and stuff breakdown. I think he cashed in about $23.5 million dollars on the golf course this year. Fucking insane in the membrane. Uh, can't argue that. I guess DJ's been the most talked about professional athlete probably since we started doing this. Had to be recognized. And uh, for my hog of the year, I think that most people, if they listen to us regularly, would think that I would go with Dana White. I am a Dana White fanboy, and I declared him hog of the year early, early on in the year. But... I actually have to make an audible Omaha at the line, and I have a late edition as the the 2020 year wrapped up, and I got to go with my hog of the year being El Prez, Dave Portnoy, for all the work he's done with Barstool Sports. I mean, he's I'm a big stoolie. We know that. Stoolie Nation, what up? If this ever gets to Barstool, listen, what's good, Prez? But uh, <laughs> one by everybody knows the rules. Shoot Barstool your shot. continued continued to pump out contact during the pandemic. Didn't lay people off throughout it. Just continued to churn and churn out more contact. But that's not why I'm going with him. In recent weeks, I touched on it a few weeks ago. He was challenged by a multimillionaire about you know Portnoy was talking about what what should be happening with the government in terms of small businesses and the government's not doing shit. So what he ended up doing is starting the Barstool Fund to help out small businesses keep their doors and lights, keep their doors open, their lights on. Um, and in just about two weeks, the Barstool Funds raised over $18 million as of pre-recording today. And uh, so many celebrities have become a part of it. The Barstool saying is to the moon. This fund's going to continue to go to the moon, helping out people. We're all about that shit. Help out your fellow man, small businesses. The government ain't going to help them out. Portnoy's doing the damn thing. Portnoy for president, 2024. Damn, I like it. Big stoolie guy here. And what he's doing right now, it's, it's amazing. And just the fact that they've raised so much money in such little time just goes to show you how much power he has and how he's using it for the greater good. So can't really go against that i for sure thought you were going with dana white though to be honest but i like it i like definitely honorable mention number one dana white and uh uh, number two honorable mention 
Patrick Mahomes, Kermit the Frog. We talked about his contract. I mean, dude just continues to do the damn thing on the gridiron. But goddamn, he got paid, and then he starts to own part of the uh, part of the baseball team that's in his own city. That's a hog ass move. Uh, there's some others, LeBron winning a championship, but he's kind yeah. of a baby back, so you know he's only got to be an honorable mention. And uh, that's all I got for that. What about you? Anybody? I think you about covered all the hog hog esque names to to mention there for hog of the year. It's been a good year, so uh, yeah, we'll look forward to 2021 for some uh, hog like figures to stand out. Uh, should we go to poodle? Poodle of the year. <laughs> I've been waiting for this one, man. Because if you're one of these two people, because I don't think we're gonna have the same one. Okay. You is a big ass bitch to be recognized as the Poodle of the Year in the inaugural TB Test Award Show. Who you got? And I have to go with. We did a segment once and only once on this show early on in our podcasting day called Toasted and Roasted. And uh, it involved a commissioner of one of the major four sports leagues. That commissioner was Poodle Butt Rob Manfred. Uh, Rob Manfred, you know, the delay of the baseball season, not being able to get his COVID protocols in order from the get-go. I mean, baseball had the biggest opportunity to capitalize on the fact that there was no sports going on. They had the ability to come back and be the only show in town neglected to do so, didn't get going until the NBA bubble and NHL bubble got started. Absolutely jokester of a commissioner. Then on top of that, World Series, you got Justin Turner testing positive for COVID-19, playing third base for the Dodgers during that, getting pulled off, going back on the field. Then during the post-game speech, uh, you would think Rob Manford was drunk as fuck, blacked out, talking on the mic. Rob Manford, poodle butt of the year. Great pick, great selection. You were very passionate about him and your toasted and roasted, and he really just did a shit job all the way through. So can't really deny that. And I think I'm going to surprise you here, Toph, because we just talked about early on uh, I made a bad take about the MLB, and I'm going to stick in the MLB for my poodle of the year, and that's going to go to the Tampa Bay Rays skipper Kevin Cash for uh, (laughs) – Pulling Blake Snell in Game 6 of the World Series after two hits and nine strikeouts, which ultimately led to um, them losing the game and losing the World Series after he was just throwing lights out and has since been traded, right, or signed. Was he Mm -hmm. traded? Traded. Traded. Um, So he wanted to get the hell away from him. I'm sure that was an agent request. But uh, Kevin Cash poodle of the year just that's one of those calls that um it's just gonna stain his resume for for his for life yep so that's why he gets it for me and i wanted to throw someone a little different in there the mlb so that's my poodle of the year not four years for life kevin cash yeah uh you got any honorable mentions i just got two who you got i got Novak Djokovic for getting disqualified in the U.S. Open tennis for hitting a ball and hitting one of the ball girls in the neck and getting DQ'd for it. Like, it was just, 
That's just a poodle-ass move. Like, I don't know. If you just let his temper get the best of him. Such a bitch move for Joker. And uh, the second one is, we talked about them early in the show during our football portion, but the fucking Baltimore Ravens uh, moving mountains to get their schedule changed around just by refusing to play. And, uh, I mean, fuck, maybe the joke's on us because ultimately they ended up losing that game, taking it on the chin to the Steelers and that Robert Griffin start, and I think they won out after that. So, um, fuck the Ravens, they're pussies, and uh, just not a big fan of their organization. Yeah, I actually had Djokovic as well, but for a different reason, which is hilarious. He, uh, if you remember early on, he um, threw like a private event. Uh, (laughs) Like in Europe, like in the midst of the COVID crisis and uh we kind of just like thought not not much of it and then ended up like 40 people it was like a hot spot for covid yeah including himself he had to like withdraw from a from a major tournament um but yeah so that's funny that you chose him but for a different reason so he's on there twice jokey yeah man he had a rough year um anyways I think that about wraps up our year-end award show, as well as the Steph Curry episode. Uh, You got any final thoughts? I know we talk football, we talk end of 2020, going into 2021, a year of prosperity. You got anything else? Um, The one thing I will say is, Delph, it's been fucking a fun-ass time doing this with you, and 30 episodes it's crazy to think you know if we would have said that from the jump we would make it this far we'd probably be like nah you're tripping but honestly it's been a good time and uh i'm just looking forward to, to continuing letting it roll in 2021 so thank you for doing this with me every week and uh just keep it rolling man that's all i gotta say well fuck man if you're gonna get all heartfelt i gotta say thank you for fucking putting up with my shit every week and uh even re-recording episodes when i delete the audio files and whatnot (laughs) but uh yeah man it's been real it's been fun it's been real fun looking forward to continuing to bust out the content in the year before we first episode barely even knew how to hit fucking record now we're out here adding sound drops and shit it's pretty lit but uh yeah as we move forward to episode 31 we will obviously talk the recap of the Super Bowl. Super Bowl, I keep saying that. I'm excited. The Super Wild Card Weekend. And I don't know if you know, listeners, but The Bachelor just started this week. So <laughs> next week, we'll look to have a little bit of a recap of the females on the show. Talk some sports, talk some women. You know, that's what you're here for. Yeah, maybe we'll do, I might be down for one of those Bachelor Brackets. For in that, we can get some user submissions, some listener submissions. We'll see. But, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to the content coming through the rest of the year, the rest of the month into the new year. Let's go, 21. It's on you. Let's go. And uh, I think that's about it for tonight. And with that being said, I'm Toph. He's Beam. We out. Peace. <laughs>